Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. Before we get started, I wanted to take a minute to thank all of our patrons for joining us to help Something Scary do all the things that we do. It's not easy being dependent on ads, and we are so grateful for everyone who chooses to join on Patreon and help us keep bringing you weekly episodes. Go to patreon.com snarled to join the Something Scary community. You'll be happy and scared that you did. Everyone knows that one person who loves to gossip and that one person who knows how to keep a secret. It's good to have that friend you can confide in, someone you trust to keep your darkest actions and thoughts confidential. But certain secrets, when unveiled, possess the power to shatter lives and unleash irreversible consequences, leaving behind a trail of destruction and despair. So what secrets are you hiding? First, a wish you wish you could take back, followed by college confessions, then a reality of lesser evils. Finally, in our featured story, a deadly family secret. So, wanna hear something scary? What secrets are you hiding? Sometimes terrible things happen because you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. But sometimes you're the one who has to put yourself there. Like in this story inspired by Colin Austed. Henry learned about the old wishing well when he first moved to the small town of Coopersville. It was at the local bookstore while browsing for inspiration for his next novel that he overheard a woman whispering to her friend. I'm telling you, I heard her, she said. No, you didn't, her friend snapped back. 
and you know you're not supposed to be over by the well in the first place. There was a pause when the young woman spoke again, and this time, her tone was fearful. Henry listened as she whispered about wanting to see if the stories were true and admitted she'd thrown a penny into the well. Both women fell silent when Henry appeared in their aisle. He gave a charming smile and asked where the well was located. After a moment of silence, they said he must be new there. Henry admitted he'd just moved there about a month ago and was an author. He was curious about old legends. Well, this is one legend you don't need to know about, the friend replied curtly. And before Henry could ask another question, both women were gone. Undeterred, he returned home and began scouring the internet for information on the old well. His research led him to a chilling discovery in a newspaper from the early 1940s. The article recounted the tragic fate of a young woman named Penny Dolson, who had been found dead at the bottom of the well. Rumors circulated that Penny had been pushed into the well by classmates, who then got away with murder. It was also believed that Spirit remained trapped, forever looking to seek revenge on her tormentors. According to local accounts, the well possessed the power to grant any wish when a specific poem was recited. Determined to unravel the mystery, Henry searched online forums until he finally uncovered the elusive verses. With a grin on his face and a penny in his pocket, Henry set out that night to find the inspiration for his next big hit. The streets were dark and empty as he drove through the town and after a few initial wrong turns, he found it. The well was in a small park towards the center of the town. It seemed the locals had tried everything they could to keep people away. There was an iron fence around the structure with large metal signs that proclaimed, keep out and danger, do not enter. A small gate was secured with a heavy padlock, but with the help of a pair of bolt cutters, Henry made his way through and walked up to the well. The ancient bricks wore the stains of time and neglect, adorned with countless pennies scattered along the rim. With a gleeful toss of his own coin, Henry recited the poem aloud. Penny, penny fell down the well. Penny, penny couldn't yell. One last wish and one last breath. Penny was pushed to her death. Penny, penny, here she comes. Penny, penny, better run. Lock your doors and blow out the lights. Penny seeks revenge tonight. When he had finished, he said, I want to be famous and remembered. At first, nothing happened. Only the sound of the wind in the trees and soft swishing of the fallen leaves at his feet. As he made his way out through the gate, it occurred to him that he had never heard the coin hit the bottom of the well. The following morning, Henry awoke to a thunderous pounding at his front door. He was startled to find the entire police force waiting outside. A gruff detective identified him and promptly accused Henry of murdering Penny Dawson. Before he could comprehend the situation, Henry made a hasty escape, evading the officers. Running through the town, Henry found himself drawn back to the well, sirens blaring in the distance and the townsfolk in pursuit. Desperation gripped him as he snatched a penny from the well's edge, screaming, take it back. He hurled the coin into the well's darkness, begging for the reversal of his wish. From the well's depths, 
A faint giggle resonated. Henry, filled with regret and struggling to recall the poem, panicked at seeing the approaching police cruisers. Pressed against the well, he cried out, I wish I wasn't here. As the officers reached the well, all they discovered was a fresh coin perched on its edge. But Henry had vanished without a trace. In response, the townspeople sealed off the well with a thick slab of concrete so no one would be able to throw their coins in and their lives away again. Nevertheless, locals claim to still hear chilling, haunting laughter and anguished, maddening screams emanating from the silenced well. Would you be so brave to go exploring something like this by yourself? Does your town have any dark rumors or urban legends that everyone knows about? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. College can be one of the most exciting times of your life and finding the perfect roommate is the icing on the cake. But sometimes outside influences creep in and that friendship can become something toxic, as in this story inspired by Sarah. Ty and Sebastian were college roommates who shared a small dorm room on the top floor of their university's residence hall. They had been friends since the start of freshman year and were excited to be able to spend more time together. Ty, an animal lover, had a pet rabbit named Cinnamon. Cinnamon was Ty's pride and joy, bringing comfort to their otherwise stressful lives. The roommates would often spend their evenings playing with Cinnamon, watching movies, and forgetting about the pressures of their tests and schoolwork. However, soon after the pledge season began, strange and terrifying events began to unfold. Poor Ty discovered Cinnamon lifeless in her hutch one morning. Devastated, he just couldn't understand how this could have happened. The loss of Cinnamon shook Ty to his core, but he believed it was an unfortunate accident. Maybe fur balls built up in her intestines, a common cause of death of rabbits. The incidents continued, growing in intensity. One night, Ty awoke to the smell of smoke. Panicked, he stumbled out of bed and realized that their dorm room door was engulfed in flames. He quickly woke Sebastian and they managed to put out the fire before it spread. It was a miracle they hadn't been trapped inside. Sebastian tried to brush it off, suggesting it was a crazy story they could tell their friends. 
Kai was freaked by the occurrences, but had no idea that his own roommate was behind them. Sebastian had joined a secret group on campus, the Six Society, seeking power and prestige. As part of his initiation, he was tasked with proving his loyalty and commitment through a series of horrible acts, each designed to push him to his limits. Sebastian started planting cryptic messages around their room, subtly pointing the blame at Ty. He strategically placed Ty's personal belongings in odd locations, sowing doubt in his roommate's mind. Ty began questioning his own sanity, wondering if he really was the one responsible for the strange events. One evening, Ty came back from class to find his computer smashed to pieces and his study materials strewn across the room. Panic coursed through his veins as he realized that someone was intentionally trying to destroy his college future. Fear and paranoia consumed him, pushing him closer to the brink of madness. Finally, one evening in pure desperation, Ty confronted Sebastian, accusing him of orchestrating the terrifying events. Sebastian, with a sinister grin, confessed in full to his involvement. He revealed in the suffering he had inflicted upon his friend, relishing the power it gave him within the secret society. But even then, Ty's worst nightmares were far from over. Sebastian, intoxicated by his newfound sense of control, decided to take one step further. On a moonlit night, Sebastian demanded Ty go with him to a secluded spot near the campus woods where he claimed the final act for the six would take place. Ty reluctantly agreed, but only if Sebastian signed a full confession regarding the horrible acts he had committed. To his surprise, Sebastian complied with the request and soon they were headed into the woods. The air was thick with anticipation as Sebastian revealed a dark ritual he had learned from the six. He chanted the archaic sounding words and suddenly brought a large butcher's knife to his throat. Despite his betrayal, Ty didn't want to see his roommate and former best friend die, but Sebastian was too fast. He cried out a final word and sliced the knife across his throat, opening the jugular. Ty felt everything go black. When he opened his eyes, something was wrong. He couldn't place it at first, and then it registered. He was standing over Sebastian's body, and yet he could see himself standing opposite with a terrible, sinister grin upon his face. He tried to move, and when he looked down at his body, he realized he was no longer corporal. As his mind reeled, he heard his own voice speak. I know you can hear me, Ty. It's such a shame Sebastian did such awful things and chose to end his life rather than face the consequences. It looks like I will have to tell everyone about what happened. Well, a version anyway. I can't reveal the truth. The ritual swapped our souls, you see. So I now get to live a long life as the infamous survivor of such an atrocity and you? Well, your vessel is gone, so you will remain here in limbo forever. Ty, or what was left of him, could only watch as his body walked away, now possessed by the soul of Sebastian. 
and no one would ever know their secret. Have you ever been approached by a secret society? Would you ever consider joining one? How far would you go to follow their rules? Sometimes it's difficult to understand our parents until we get older and realize the terrors they've endured. Like in this story inspired by Victoria. My name is Sakura and I will never go to my grandma's house again. It all began when I was just a kid. My mother was struggling with a lot of issues and the authorities thought it would be better if I was sent to my grandmother's. My mother protested, but she lost that fight. Graham, on the surface, appeared like any other doting grandparent. She baked cookies and performed all the nurturing acts expected of her role. But beneath her kind facade, there were rules I had to follow. Two were absolute. The first, never to mention my mother, and the second, never to venture downstairs after bedtime. These rules, enforced with stern seriousness, piqued my curiosity. But as a naive seven-year-old, I didn't know how to process the unease I felt. I bounced back and forth between my mom and Graham, but when I turned eight, my birthday brought disappointment rather than joy. My mother, consumed by her own issues, failed to acknowledge my special day. It felt as if she intentionally drowned herself in alcohol, and so I chose to go to my Graham's. Graham, witnessing my despair, wore an unfamiliar expression, one that spoke of anger and resentment directed at me, as if I shouldn't be there. What had I done to deserve such intensity on my special day? We shared an awkward silence, broken only by the sound of cake cutting and forced small talk. I attempted to engage in conversation, but her mind seemed distant, preoccupied. The energy in the room grew increasingly chilling, a sign of what was to come. Drained from the lackluster celebration, I went to bed, desperate for rest. The air felt suffocating, its weight pressing against me as I scanned the room. Nothing appeared out of the ordinary, yet a lurking presence remained just beyond my line of sight. I caught the glimpses of a dark entity in my periphery, a grotesque figure with a wide, unnaturally carved smile that stretched from ear to ear. Its eyes lacked lids, a menacing sight that sent terror coursing through my veins. Before I could even scream, a hushed silence enveloped me. It was as if the sound had been stolen, swallowed by the darkness. I thought I had cried out, but my voice had betrayed me and somehow I fell fast into an exhausted slumber. Hours turned into an entire day, and still, Graham did not return. The looming night outside matched the growing dread within me. Alone in that dimly lit house, I sought solace in the comfort of television attempting to distract myself. But suddenly, my vision blurred, as if unseen hands tampered with my sight. Darkness seeped in, accompanied by an eerie ticking sound, a haunting reminder of the passage of time. And there it was again, the spirit materializing in front of me. Its form consumed all light, a manifestation of pure malevolence. 
before I could comprehend the gravity of the situation, I found myself back in my own home, the spirit fading into nothingness. Had it all been a dream, or was this some sort of twisted reality? I was awakened by a creaking noise. As I stumbled back into consciousness, I looked up and saw my gram. The clock said 4 a.m. Just as I was about to ask where the heck she had been, I gasped. She was floating above the floor. Silence filled the room as she glided over, hovering over me. I was frozen in fear. Sure, I would pass out. In that moment, her eyes penetrated my soul. Now you know my secret, she whispered. Her once sweet smile contorted into an expression of unimaginable horror. Before I could respond, she was suddenly behind me, her voice chillingly close. I am not human, Sakura. Her words echoed through my mind, sending waves of terror crashing over me. And then, in an instant, she vanished into thin air, leaving an empty house and a shattered reality behind me. Days turned to weeks, yet the emptiness persisted. Graham, as I knew her, never returned to the house. Locals speak of seeing a spectral figure in the windows, a smile etched upon its face. But that haunting grin is a constant reminder of her dangerous, dark secret. From that day forth, I vowed never to return to my grandmother's house understanding maybe for the first time where my mother's troubles stem from. The memories of that fateful night, the unseen horrors that lurked within, will forever remain etched in my mind. I will never forget. What would you do if you found out the person you thought was your family member was not of this earth? Would it freak you out? Maybe excite you? Have you ever had an experience like this? If so, tell us your story by sending us an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of the Last Rope Shrine Maiden, inspired by Emily Pearl and now animated over on youtube.com slash snarled. So often, our families have plans for our future, and sometimes those intentions are established before we're even born. But if those plans were to become toxic or even deadly, would you have the willpower to escape your fate? Karee Himuro tried not to make a peep while hiding. She squeezed herself into the cramped cabinet in the dark kitchen of the Himuro mansion. Curry and the other young girls in the family were playing what they thought was a harmless game of hide-and-go-seek. So Curry was thrilled when she won the game. She was the last girl found, a winner, so she couldn't understand why her mother was crying so hard. Before she could ask, Curry was torn away from her mother's embrace. She was taken to a room in the mansion she had never seen before one of padlocks and chains. Locked away, isolated and confused, she was fed through a small opening and only allowed fleeing visits with her tearful mother. It was during one of her mother's visits that Curie learned their terrible family secret. 
deep beneath the grounds of the mansion lay a portal to hell, and it was her family's sacred duty to keep it closed. It was the only way to keep the family in good fortune and safe from the demons that lurked below. The method they employed to seal the portal was a gruesome Shinto practice known as a strangling ritual. Every 50 years, they would play the twisted game of hide-and-seek with the young girls in the family. The unfortunate girl who was found first would be blinded for sacrifice. The final girl, however, would bear the burden of becoming the Rope Shrine Maiden. The strangling ritual would then be performed to protect the family from malevolent forces. Curry wept for her cousin who had been found first and endured the terrible fate of losing her sight. With dread in her voice, Curry asked her mother, what, what happens to me? Her mother reluctantly explained because Curry was the last to be found, it was believed she possessed holy powers, including being able to hide from the devil. That power would prevent the demon's escape and ensure the family's safety for another 50 years. Curry begged for more details about her impending fate. Her mother, unable to meet her daughter's gaze, told her she would be the next rope shrine maiden but would reveal no more. She tried to reassure Cree that one day she would save the entire family, protecting them from misfortune and the devil himself. Days turned into agonizing blur for Cree. She barely ate, her gaze fixated on the window as she yearned for a different fate. She often wondered why she didn't just hide somewhere simple like the others. Oh, how different life would have turned out. And then amidst her despair, she saw a young man riding his bike past the mansion. Their eyes met, and in an instant, love blossomed. Every day, he would ride by, and they would exchange smiles, their hearts longing for each other through the cold glass. This newfound connection with the young man became Curry's only source of hope. But then, the day of the ritual arrived. In the dimly lit depths of the dungeon within the mansion, Curry's family members gathered, their figures concealed by flowing cloaks. They strung her up, tying ropes tightly around her limbs, chanting a desperate warning to the devil. Her body was torn apart by brutal force, limb by limb, using the very ropes that bound her. Despite the horrific sacrifice, her father was left in utter shock as he witnessed the portal to hell opening. It was evident that something was definitely wrong. Curie's mother made a confession revealing her knowledge of her daughter's bond with the boy. She admitted to witnessing the boy sneaking in through the window, the very act that compromised the purity of Curry that was essential for the ritual. And it was also the very reason why she had been kept hidden from the world. Panic consumed Curry's father. Another sacrifice was needed to seal the portal. He went on an uncontrollable rampage throughout the mansion, murdering every member of the family who stood in his way desperately trying to protect future generations from the looming darkness. Now, if you dare enter the house, you'll find old crusted blood splattered across the walls and eerie silence haunting the hallways. Should you take a photograph of a specific window, you may just capture the ghostly image of a young girl trapped within the glass as if the family is desperately attempting to perform the ritual even beyond the grave. Oh. 
This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>